Hello, MRCC. Welcome to Online Church today. You know, in the book of Psalms, it is written, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, to some of us, this virus might be a giant enemy, but you know what? Our God is greater, and his presence is alive today. So would you join us as we lift up a hallelujah to him? Yes.
God, nothing compares to you and your love. Would you sing, church? I search the world.
that sky. Nothing compares to your great love. Father, you reign through it all. Even in this time now, Lord, how great it is to seek you. How great it is to set our eyes on you at a time like this. So, Father, as we worship, Lord, we just want to glorify you for who you are, beyond all the goodness that you've done, beyond all the goodness that you do. But, God, we just want to lovingly worship you because you are our God. So, church, would you join us and declare his greatness today?
how great you are. Father, continue drawing us more to you. Continue leading us as we set our sights on you at this time. God, we worship you. We give you our hearts. We give you our praise because you are worthy. Thank you for being our great God. And as your church, we say amen. Amen, church. Thank you for joining us today. So great to worship with you. Hello and welcome, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, my name is Brent and I am on the youth staff here at MRCC. I work with Pastor Josh and today I get the privilege of bringing you some of God's word. Um, let me start right off by asking you a question and that is, what are you eagerly awaiting? Uh, maybe it's like a, a vacation or maybe you're waiting for your favorite holiday to come around. Um, maybe it's family. Maybe you've got some family coming and, uh, and you're eagerly awaiting that reunion. Uh, maybe you are waiting on some uh, new thing to come out. Maybe you're waiting on a movie or, or a product. Um, I, myself, am uh, simply waiting for a time when we can get back to some semblancy of, of normal and we can meet together again. I'm sure many of you are waiting for that as well. Um, and, and I am a, a person who loves anticipating things. I, I love waiting and I love um, being excited. Right, I'm, I'm easily pleased and I love new shiny stuff. So uh, I'm kind of a nerd and I love tech, uh, computers and all that. So there's always a new phone or computer part or a movie coming out that I'm in this constant state of, of hype over, right? So I just love being uh, excited. Uh, I'll, much to my wife's dismay, I'll drag her into a store and look, babe, this is the new so-and-so and it's got this stuff and I'm listing off all these cool new features and specifications and she doesn't really care, which is fine. That's just me. I'm easily amused and, I, and I'm easily excited about things. Um, but even my excitement has limits. Uh, here are a few things I found with some people that got maybe a little too excited in 2006, the PlayStation 3 was released by Sony. And uh, for those of you that don't know, the PlayStation 3 was kind of this huge uh, leap in gaming consoles, right? The PlayStation 2 had been out for a long time, years and years, and people were desperately waiting for the next generation of gaming. And the PlayStation 3 was going to deliver that from Sony. And uh, people were getting really excited, but Sony announced that uh, a little while before the launch that there weren't going to be enough units for everybody uh, for the console. So people started panicking and uh, everyone got in line and waited for three days to get their PlayStation 3 consoles. They waited three days. Now that's a long time to wait in a line, okay? Some lines at Disneyland or something might be a few hours. Three days is a lot. But you have to think about it. At the end, they came out with their PlayStation 3, and they're going to probably have that gaming console for years. So that's a relatively low investment for something they're going to hang on to for a long time. I still have my PlayStation 3 console, um, and you know I didn't wait in line for three days for it. But I still have mine, and it served me well. Something that's a little less permanent, uh, if you're looking for lunch in Austin, Texas, and you go to Franklin Barbecue, you're going to arrive at 7 in the morning, which doesn't sound right because you're thinking, well, it's barbecue. Why would I want to eat that for breakfast? But don't worry. You're going to get there at 7 in the morning, but you're going to be waiting 
in line until noon. Hopefully, if you get there at 7, you'll get in by noon for lunch for your barbecue. And let's be honest, once you eat that barbecue, it's probably going to take you five minutes to inhale a brisket, and then it's gone, right? So five hours spent waiting for something that's just going to be gone instantly. I mean, at least you go home and you've still got your PlayStation 3 sitting collecting dust that you waited three days in line for. The food thing I don't understand as much. Um, but here's one that I had a little bit of trouble with. This, this could tempt me. Uh, San Diego Comic Con is a pretty big event that happens and it's basically just a gathering of nerds and, and pop culture people who love to dress up and, and look at comics and video games and pop culture references. And it's huge. It happens every year in San Diego. Uh, my wife and I actually went to Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle uh, a few years back and that's kind of the smaller version that they do in Seattle. But San Diego Comic Con is a big deal, right? Fans who have been before know to bring sleeping bags and pillows. Because at San Diego Comic Con, the lines can be in excess of a mile long, which is just crazy. Waiting in line for that long with a sleeping bag and a pillow, just kind of chilling, hanging out, that's a lot. But I suppose when you get to the end of it, you've walked a mile, which is pretty nice. You can put that off of your step tracker or whatever. Um, this last one, this brings me some trouble because I am a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, a huge Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. I have ever since I was a kid. But uh, I don't know if I love it this much. In 2015, Disney did something incredible. They took the Star Wars series and they released a new movie. Right? There had been some time between the last Star Wars movie that released, Disney acquired it, and all of a sudden there was going to be this new Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens. And I watched the trailers, I was super excited, um, but apparently there were 150 people who were more excited than me. Because 150 people waited in a line for 12 days in December to get their tickets for Star Wars The Force Awakens. That is 200 and 88 hours of their lives spent waiting for a ticket to go see a movie that's two hours long. I love Star Wars, but I don't know if that payoff is worth it. I, I don't know if I'd wait in line. I can think of a lot of better things I could do with 12 days than wait in a line for Star Wars. Uh, I could order an Amazon package after they'd been waiting for 10 days and still get it before they got their tickets. That's just crazy to me. I think most of us would be hard pressed to wait so long for any of these. But when I was a kid, one of the things that I had to wait on uh, was Christmas. And let me explain a little bit. Um, growing up uh, with my sister, uh, my dad was a, a pilot, a corporate pilot. And so he was gone frequently on trips, but he was always around for big events and stuff like that. And he was never gone for very long. But one year, my parents sat us down and uh, they said, this year, um, dad's gonna be gone for Christmas. And we were kind of confused because, you know, Christmas he'd always had off before. Well, my dad had decided to start doing some contracting over the holidays, some private contracting, which essentially just means that he would go and be the private pilot for some rich guy who wants to go on vacation over the Christmas season, right? And because it's over Christmas, the, it paid pretty good, and so my dad thought it would be worth it to take this contracting trip. So. Um, my parents sat us down and they let us know and, and we were kind of confused a little bit and I know that I myself was kind of bummed out. I thought Christmas wouldn't be the same, you know, without dad around and that it would just feel weird, you know. 
So Christmas came and went, and my dad uh, was, was gone on his trip, and we still celebrated Christmas. We still got our gifts from Santa. We still had family over, and, and, but things felt off. And I remember just being bummed because I thought, wow, dad really kind of messed up Christmas for me this year. Um, I was really waiting for, for Christmas Day because, you know, it was my favorite holiday as a kid. It still is. And I, I was just bummed out. But a couple days after Christmas, uh, my dad got back from his trip. And I remember it was late at night. It was probably about 1130. And, you know, when you're a younger kid, 1130 is pretty late. And my mom grabs my sister and I, and she's like, come on. And we get in the car, and we start driving. And it's already 1130, and, and I'm a young boy, so I'm like, adventure time. Let's go. It's 1130 at night. It's late, and we're driving somewhere. This is cool. So I'm already interested, and uh, we drive to SeaTac to the airport, and we pick up my dad. And boom, already even more exciting. Wow, we're picking up dad. This is so cool. It's late, you know, kind of a late-night adventure. And then we go to this restaurant near SeaTac called 13 Coins, which is open 24 hours. And uh, my parents said, hey, we're going to celebrate with your dad. This is, this is going to be Christmas with your dad as we're going to go eat at this restaurant at midnight. And as a kid, you know, I'm like, yeah, we're eating dinner at midnight. This is cool. You know, we never get to do this. So I'm already on board. And it was just this really cool, special thing. Um, and because these contracting trips tended to pay pretty well, my dad brought back these really cool gifts for my sister and I um, back from his trip. One year, I think he brought uh, my sister a lot of jewelry from the places he went. So he went to the Mediterranean one year and brought her some uh, black pearl earrings. I think he got her some Tanzanite from Tanzania. Just all these cool things. And he would bring me back. Uh, he went to Europe one time and brought me back this replica sword, like metal, the real deal. And I was just smitten as a kid. I'm like, this is so awesome. Um, and it became this really special thing that we experienced. And for a few years, that became our tradition. Instead of looking forward to Christmas because of the day that it was, I began to look forward to that time that we would get to spend with my dad. We called it Dad Christmas. And it became this special experience that we had. And I learned that uh, I was looking forward to spending time with my family and having this special experience more than just a day. Right. I think often we find ourselves excited about something without realizing that there's something even better waiting on the horizon for us. God delights in our enthusiasm for all of the good things on this earth. But I think that he wants to set our sights on something that is much more satisfying and far more eternal. Let's jump into his word a little bit. Um, we're going to start with 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and starting with verse 1. It says, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Little bit of a mouthful of scripture there. Let's kind of break this down a little bit. A few things that immediately stood out to me. The first is that the scripture says we have an eternal house in heaven that is not 
built by human hands. That is super important to note. Um, None of the things that we as humans create last forever. In fact, a lot of things that we create don't last very long. I can think of numerous things I've built over my time here on this earth that have already broken or are gone or no more. And I think the best example of this is uh, sandcastle competitions. Now, I already don't like sand. It's rough, it's coarse, it's irritating, and it gets everywhere. But these people had the audacity to build a sculpture, these beautiful sculptures out of sand for a competition. And I just don't understand this because these people know that this beautiful thing they're creating is going to be destroyed in a matter of mere days by the tide, right? Why build something like that out of sand? It's just going to go away soon. I'm sorry. I just don't understand. If I were going to enter a competition like that, I would probably want to just make it out of something that was going to last a little bit longer at least. But sand castles dissolve very quickly. So do all the things that we as humans create. Uh, God creates things that are eternally perfect. The plans and the things that God has for us last forever. So when we have that eternal house in heaven that is not built by human hands, we can take comfort in the fact that God created that thing. It is there forever. Second, it says this in the verse, uh, for while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Guarantee is the key word here. Everything that God has for us comes with a guarantee that if we fix our eyes on his kingdom, we will reach the goal. This is important because so often in this life, we find ourselves with plans that get cut short or waiting on things that are never going to happen. I think my wife is still waiting for me to figure out where everything in our kitchen goes in its proper place. But in all seriousness, sometimes that vacation does not end up working out. Sometimes our special plans don't go the way we had hoped. Maybe sometimes someone close to us lets us down in a big way. Our plans fail. God's plans are eternal. When we decide to focus our anticipation on his promise, we can be assured that it will come to pass. In a time like we are in now with so many uncertainties, it is important for us to take comfort in a God who is unchanging and who always comes through for us. Uh, The Apostle Paul weighs in on this in his letter to the Philippians. Let's listen to what he says concerning receiving the righteousness of God. Paul says, Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This passage of scripture provides insight on how we can maintain our focus and excitement on God and his promises. By forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, pressing on toward the goal. Let me ask you today, have you been setting your sights on something that is less than the ultimate goal of God's promise? Let us shift our anticipation to eternity with Jesus and our trajectory in this life will follow suit. Don't settle for the wrong target. Matt Emmons was a contestant in the 2004 Olympic 50 meter three position rifle event. 
he didn't need a bullseye to win. He was close to the gold. Um, all he needed to do was hit the target. He had enough points, and, and it was a shoe-in for the victory. So he lined himself up. He was an expert marksman. He'd trained for this for a long time. And uh, he put his sights on the target, and he shot. And he scored an 8.1, which is excellent score. He didn't hit the bullseye, but he got an excellent score. Um, the only problem is when he stepped back to take a look, he had hit the target in lane three. Um, and got an excellent score on the target that was one lane over from where he was. And according to the Olympic rules, the score for getting an excellent shot on the wrong target is zero. Uh, Matt Emmons went home with no gold medal that day. In fact, he got eighth place in the competition because of the fact that he hit the wrong target. What target are we aiming for? Are we aimed at something that is less than the highest prize? When we set our sights on God and his promises for us, our lives on this earth are also directed and lined up with his will. Let's set our eyes on his target today. Church, would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you today that you are here with us, even in this strange new way. God, that you're connecting all of us in fellowship. And we just ask, Lord, that you would steer us, Lord, that you would guide our vision towards what you have for us. Lord, that we would be able to, to look and see that the things of this earth, uh, while your creation is so magnificent, God, they are not the ultimate prize. Lord, that we can look further past that into eternity and hope and long for that day, Lord, when we can be with you in perfection. God, we love you. We thank you for your grace. We praise you, Lord, for your love, and we ask that you would just help keep us connected and together in this trying time. Uh, Lord, we lean on you. You are our rock, God, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.